This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Well, I was all excited when I saw the report earlier from Field Yates about the Packers being the other team outside of the Dolphins that were interested uh, in Jonathan Taylor uh, going up to the self-imposed Tuesday deadline that the Colts put out there. Remember, the deadline's not till the end of October, technically for the trade deadline. Uh, but either way, uh, and then they put Jonathan Taylor obviously on the pup list, so he's out four games. Now there's some talk about uh, they may uh, go after Jonathan Taylor or something like that because they don't think he's hurt now. It's getting really, really ugly in Indy. Either way, there's a report the Packers were involved. I got all excited. Ooh, okay. And I- I'm going to tell you right now, prior to the Ryan Wood report from the Green Bay Press uh, Gazette who said that his sources say it was simply a Packer scout talking to somebody in the Colts. Uh, and that's how the story kind of blew up. That is what it is. But when I saw the initial report, I was like, it's actually got to make sense for two reasons. One, they're going to have to have money to pay him. Nobody's paying him $16 million. So I don't know what the number is going to be he eventually gets, but I doubt it's $16 million a year, which is what Taylor wants. But Jones took a pay cut essentially to stay this year. So it would make sense that they walked away from Aaron Jones this year. I think everybody expects him to walk away from David Bakhtiari this year. Uh, in the offseason as well. You, you have a quarterback that even if he has a good year and gets an extension, still isn't going to be making $50 million a year like the previous guy. So you don't have to worry about paying a ton of money for your quarterback. So you can justify, you know, in two or three years, having that pay increase for your running back position to have Jonathan Taylor be one of those guys. And if you give him a three, four-year deal, I mean, I, I, it makes sense. He's 24. Does he have a lot of wear and tear from Wisconsin? Sure. Does he have a lot of wear and tear from 2021 when he had like 332 carries? Absolutely. Would I have loved that deal with him and Aaron Jones for this year alone, even once he comes off this pup list? Yeah, that would have been unbelievable. And I've got another angle on this, but let's stop there. So when you saw the report, Jason Hershorn, what was your immediate reaction? That an agent put this out there because that's really the only plausible explanation. Now, we know that the Packers had some conversation with the Colts, but I also very much want to emphasize that by itself does not mean very much. Remember, if you want to go back, I think almost a decade at this point, the Packers, via one of their lower level front office people, reached out about Daryl or Daryl Rivas, and that didn't materialize anything either. They do these kind of things on the regular because there's no harm in talking. You haven't sacrificed anything. And if it turns out that the player you're talking about is available for way less than you think, okay, well then maybe you can proceed, but it's really just, you know, a fishing expedition or expedition up until that point. Now it comes time to really dismantle these, the proposed logic of such a deal. If you are a team, not necessarily the Packers, any team that trades for Jonathan Taylor, 
you are paying a godfather price because the Colts do not want to actually trade him. That was never their intention. They didn't want to extend him, at least not right now, but they don't actually want to trade him. That's why they have such a cost prohibitive uh, attachment to him. You know, no team's giving up a first round pick for him. And they know that that's why they're asking for it because this way they can say we dangled Jonathan Taylor out there without actually having to deal with the consequences. You know, there is another report that when their conversations with Miami Dolphins, they were looking for Jalen Waddle and more. Guess what? Jalen Waddle in a vacuum is just a more valuable player than Jonathan Taylor. And if you're looking for Waddle and more, you're not actually seriously engaging with the trade market, which again reinforces the, the notion that the Colts don't actually want to move on from Jonathan Taylor, at least not right now. Now you come back to the Packers. If you're trading for Taylor, hypothetically, You've already given up any real negotiating leverage that you have. Once you've traded a real asset for him or assets for him, he can realistically ask for the star and the moon and everything. Like $16 million or whatever he's asking for for running back no longer becomes unreasonable when you've already made that step. And you can't really negotiate all of that in advance. This is a quickly moving situation. So I I don't agree with the notion that it wouldn't cost very much. Also don't agree with the notion that it really helps that team much this year, even let alone down the line. Like, Taylor is someone who has already dealt with injuries. He missed a lot of time last year. He's been dinged up in the past. You look by comparison to Aaron Jones, not that he's going to be healthy forever, but he's averaged one missed game over the last four years. That is just a significantly better track record with health than Jonathan Taylor. And and Taylor is in a vacuum, a better player, but is he a better pass catcher? Is he going to transform the offense in some way that in this year matters? I would argue very strongly no. And looking long term, yeah, you know, Aaron Jones is going to turn 30 in the not too distant future. And that's a concern for him long term. But the Packers have other ways of replacing him. You know, they can draft another running back. They can re-sign A.G. Dillon if they want to. They can do multiple things, all at a cost less than it would take to acquire Jonathan Taylor, let alone the extension you would have to give him after trading for him. So you combine all those things and that deal does not really make sense. Again, reaching out to the Colts. That doesn't really hurt you. I wouldn't view that by itself as automatically serious interest. And I think that's what that Ryan Wood report kind of reinforced. Right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Packers are willing to talk to teams about almost anybody, and that's true for a lot of other clubs as well, but it doesn't really mean that much. And in the situation with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, this seems, I don't know this for a fact, but this seems like an agent trying to drum up an interest in teams that you know may have talked about Taylor but may not have been willing to really push all in for him to do so if they think another team, another player is a part of this. I, I ultimately view this as really just kind of a non-story. Okay, so my follow-up to this is, so now what about the locker room? What now about Aaron Jones? Because that's what this is. To me, if I'm Aaron Jones, this is like, okay, they're trying to get my replacement. I worked out all offseason with Jordan Love being the good soldier, having this dude's back the whole time through this whole mess with Rodgers and everything else going on, take a pay cut essentially to stay here and play for these dudes, and they're out hunting for my replacement here kind of going forward. I I just wonder how he takes it and how that locker room takes it 
when they see that report come out and then it's going to be, you know, do you buy the field Yates side of it? Do you buy the Ryan Wood side where it was just a scout? There's nothing to see here. Move on. Cause I don't look to be, to be fair. Are there trust issues between that, that locker room and Brian Goodenkins to begin with? Maybe could be. I mean, we've heard from several players now. Most of them are old uh, that have had their issues with Goody in the past. I just wonder how this plays out now in that locker room. I think it's worth pointing out here that most players and the representation, especially as that player enters, let's say the back half of their career, tend to have some trust issues with the front office in question. I don't mean the Packers alone. That's true across the league. And Aaron Jones is not a dummy. He knows what's going on. I don't mean specifically with Jonathan Taylor, just in general. You know, he's going to turn 30 in the not-too-distant future. He has really one year left on his deal after 2023. There are technically more seasons on that deal, but they're void years. 2024 is the last real year of that deal. He knows, independent of anything that the Packers try to do right now, even any like conversations they have, that it's a year-to-year proposition for him in Green Bay anyway. So I don't actually know how much this changes for him because it's not new information. He knew that this could realistically be the final year for him in Green Bay. He knew that the Packers, in some way, shape, or form, were going to seriously consider replacing him between now and the start of the 2024 season. doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen, right? Like Aaron Jones could play the final year or some version of the final year of, of his deal in Green Bay, but these were always going to be conversations that the team was going to have. And again, Jones knows this. He's been in this business for a while. This is not new information. So does the locker room hear about this? Yeah. You know, they have phones. They're on the internet. They, They know at least to some degree what is going on. I don't actually know how much this really matters because, you know, at this time, two weeks from now, is anyone talking about a Jonathan Taylor report, assuming that no trade actually transpires? Or are they talking about what happened in week one? The news cycle is such that this will get moved on from unless there's actual forward momentum. And right now, it doesn't seem like there's any of it.